God longs for us uh, to be joyful and to live joyful lives. He is inviting us into this. It's not a a life of mundane boredom, uh, but he is saying rejoice. This is a world uh, that was made to be filled with joy, and you're a part of it. Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. Larson, and today I've got a very special guest. It is Will Acker, and Will is our area director in Knoxville, Tennessee. Will, I'm so excited for you to be on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Blaine. Excited to be here with you. All right, so it's the week of Thanksgiving, and uh, I wanted to start with a little bit of Thanksgiving, and here it is. Uh, Many people don't know this, but Search was founded in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1977, we have not had a presence there since maybe the early 80s, something like that, a long time ago. And you came to Search right about uh, a year and a half ago or so and brought Search back to the city where we started. And uh, in all sincerity, very, very thankful for that. And it's very exciting for all of Search to have uh, you bring it back to Knoxville. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited to be there. It's a great story. It's uh, fun to bring it full circle and to be back in Knoxville where it all began. It is. So uh, it's so, so week of Thanksgiving. We're thinking about, uh, you know, being thankful and this time of year, what it means. And occasionally on the podcast, what we've done uh, over the holidays is, is just tried to look at the Bible and look at what it says about uh, things like Thanksgiving, uh, we talk a lot of theology and apologetics and kind of big, uh, heavy, serious topics, but the Bible talks a lot, uh, probably mostly about really very practical things like we're going to talk about today. And so as we get into this idea of, uh, of gratitude, of, of being thankful and what God thinks about that, I was wondering if you've got any like fun stories about Thanksgiving, it's funny you should ask, Blaine. Yes, a couple of years ago, uh, I got into running. I began to run uh, occasional half marathons. And I thought, what better day to run than on Thanksgiving so that I could turn around and use all that caloric output to put it back in? <laughs> and so I began to run half marathons on Thanksgiving mornings. Uh, and then it began to grow. I invited somebody to come with me. And then it grew to a group of people. And before I knew it, it was the Will Acker Half Marathon Harvest Invitational. And so... Uh, but it was that real. It was real. Like t-shirts uh, and everything. No, they were never. There were. Uh, There's conversations about t-shirts and maybe some bootleg ones out of somebody's car, but nothing official. But it was really fun. It was a group of friends, and we would go run. And the point was both to run and enjoy the day, but also we would have a conversation uh, where we would try to reflect and talk about things for which we were grateful while we were running. And it's kind of become a fun habit and practice Uh, for me. It's changed over the years, but always try to incorporate a long run in order to reflect on the year and the things for which we're grateful. It is very interesting to hear somebody just put running and thankfulness in the same sentence. (laughs) There, Yeah. There's a few of us who are all gluttons for punishment. I do not relate to that at all, (laughs) but, uh, but you do, it's, that's a great story. And, you know, it does bring us to this topic of just being thankful, you know, and there's a lot of science behind just gratitude, right? And starting your day thinking about what you're thankful for, even if it's not in a religious setting, it's pretty interesting, right? I think it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of people that are smarter than me that have done a lot of research and know that uh, a lot of kind of mild anxiety 
uh, can be soothed with gratitude, with Thanksgiving and a lot of gratitude journals and things like that that are out there for people to keep track of and to be able to see tangibly here are things in my life for which I'm grateful. And I think it changes uh, the outlook uh, of your life. It gives you proper perspective. It kind of puts you uh, maybe in a more right relationship with the world that you're living in if you can find things for which you're grateful. Yeah, and it's it's these little dopamine hits really uh, on a just a, a chemical level is what's going on in your brain. And uh, believe it or not, God knew this a long time ago, That's long true. before we were researching it here in, in recent years. And way back in the book of Philippians, there is a guy named Paul who's who's writing this book, and he talks a lot about being joyful and having gratitude. And so we're going to look at what that what that means. But uh, can you give us just a little bit of a background to the book and the passage? That yeah, it's this guy Paul uh, who traveled around the world uh, talking about Jesus everywhere he could go and. Uh, interesting, he wrote a bunch of letters to different cities. This was uh, to the church in the city of Philippi. But so much of Paul's story uh, was not an easy one. It wasn't a life of a lot of comfort or luxury. Oftentimes when he's writing these letters, he was writing from prison. So he was a guy familiar uh, with suffering and life not going easy, but also a guy who, uh, for whom gratitude seemed to be important and allowed him to kind of keep perspective even when things were not easy for him. So that's uh, that's part of his story and where he wrote this. Yeah, and so uh, Philippians is a weird word. <laughs> it's true. So why do we call it that? It's true. It's someone who lived in Philippi would have been uh, the Philippians. So that's why it is a letter written uh, to the people who lived in the city of Philippi. And and Paul, it, you mentioned he had some bad circumstances, but he was in a pretty bad circumstance when he was writing this letter. It's true. I, recall. I, I think you're correct. And I think if you look at the life of Paul, there were a lot of rough circumstances, multiple prisons, multiple trials, shipwrecks. I mean, he really had it all. Yeah. Well, and I think what we're going to see, because we're going to look at verses uh, like four to six. Is that right? Yep. Uh, uh, chapter four. Chapter four. four to six. Yep. But, um, you know, one of the things that's intriguing about the Christian faith is that it has very tangible impact and results in our lives now. So it can be easy to think of, oh, when I die, I go to heaven or something simplistic like that, which is true. And that that is all true. But there's a lot that's like right now and our relationship with God now and the way we're supposed to live now. And that's all impacted by what Jesus did. That's really what Paul's getting at. I think some real practical stuff. So you mind reading those verses and then let's just, uh, let's see what he says and what we do with it. I'd love to. I think you're right, Blaine. I think so much of this has to do with our relationship with God, but then also that has so much impact on the world around us and how Mm -hmm. we live and interact in the world today. So here you go. Uh, Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do you think we should be picking up on and noticing that's in those verses? Gosh, there's so many things, Blaine, but just a couple of highlights. The first one is that, uh, and maybe you can't hear it, but when it's written, a rejoice is an imperative. 
It is a, it, God longs for us uh, to be joyful and to live joyful lives. He is inviting us into this. It's not a, a life of mundane boredom, uh, but he is saying rejoice. This is a world uh, that was made to be filled with joy and you're a part of it. So he's inviting us into that. And then, you know, it moves on. And again, Paul was someone familiar uh, with a lot of suffering and a lot of uh, hardship. And he is saying in this uh, to bring all that before God. And I don't know about you, Blame, but I am grateful, using that word intentionally, uh, for a God who longs to hear from me, who allows me to speak to him, who wants uh, to know what's going on in my world, uh, who doesn't turn a blind eye or a blind ear, uh, but is available to listen. And I think in that, in those uh, prayer and petition, which is, you know, kind of speaking to God, how Paul says to do so with thanksgiving, you know, with gratitude. Thanksgiving is the the act of being grateful. And I think God, uh, and he designed us, and like you said, there's these kind of hits of dopamine when we're grateful. I think he knows that about us. And he also knows he made us in such a way that gratitude allows us to gain perspective. It allows us to kind of pull back and see things as they really are because we can get caught up in our own circumstances and our own world and just and all the stuff that's going on around us and it can become consuming mm-hmm. and it can kind of drag at us and, and create anxiety and things like that. And I think gratitude allows us to take a step back from that and kind of see the world as it really is. Those are, yeah, those are fantastic points. And I think that it's important for everybody to understand too, some of the preceding context, because Paul isn't just saying, Hey, be happy, you know, Rejoice, like based on nothing. Right. <laughs> right. This is uh, this is the end, or towards the end of the last chapter of a four chapter book. So he's kind of wrapping up what he's been talking about, and um, the rejoicing is really based on Jesus. That's if you're just boiling it down. But but Paul is saying that uh, because of what Jesus has done for you even though your circumstance might not be great and they weren't always in a great circumstance. Paul was in prison as he's writing it uh, because of what's to come and because of how much God loves us, we can rejoice. Yeah. I think it's Paul's words are amazing and, and obviously inspired. And I think they're just so true to us that when you're, you know, going before God and offering these things up to him and you're kind of, letting God in on all the stuff in your life that's hard or difficult. Uh, he's not a God who disappears or turns a blind eye, like we said, but instead welcomes that in, in a place where you can find hope and you can be grateful. So when you think of this principle of just being grateful and having gratitude, I know you've you've led teams, led people, you've implemented this. What are some ways that you've found that have been helpful, just practical implementations of being grateful? Yeah. So uh, previously, uh, I led a staff of about 15, 17 folks. And for five or so years, we had the habit of every Tuesday morning, as our staff meeting began, we would answer the question for what are we grateful? And I think what it did was allow us, again, to keep a right perspective on things and to see things as they are and not get bogged down in things that were not going well, things weren't going uh, to plan or the way we wanted to, or you know, things we weren't executing the way we wanted, but instead it allowed us to celebrate and to see there are so many things going well. And what it did was it allows us to enter into a staff meeting, a time of preparing and planning uh, with a heart that's saying, yeah, this is great. There's great stuff happening here. 
versus feeling a little bit beat down by everything that may not be going well. And so just a change of heart, mindset, and attitude. And it was really palpable. I think it made a big difference for us as a staff, and it even helped us as a community. It drew us together to be able to share in someone else's uh, Thanksgiving and gratitude, to celebrate with them, and to really just kind of applaud the wins that were happening in our world allowed us as a community to lift each other up in a really healthy way too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really great because you're making it a, a habit and like a rhythm that you're getting into. And what's really subtly behind that, which I think is so great, such great advice, is that we're not really hardwired to do that. And that's what's really interesting about the Bible too is how just the reality of the way it talks about human nature, which seems to line up with what we experience. And the Bible talks about us being being sinful, and it talks about us uh, having a corrupt nature and heart, and uh, just every part of us is not what it ought to be. We're not as bad as we could be, but we're not what we, we should be, and that's the whole problem that, that Jesus came to fix. But part of that is that we're we're not inclined to be thankful. I don't know if you've ever been on this thing called social media. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot of, uh, you know, good stuff on there. There is, but, but the point is that it, it left to our own devices. We will tend most of us to be negative. It's so much easier to be negative. I mean, you just get sucked into it and the world around you and to be kind of complaining and moaning and groaning all these things. And instead, I think this offers us an opportunity to see the beauty in the world and to see uh, what God might be up to and and to enter into that. And it's a really beautiful invitation. But I, I think, like you said, Blaine, uh, it has to become a habit because it's n- probably not where a lot of us would go naturally or normally. And so it, for us as a staff, it was helpful to have that driving our community. And I think it helped to shape a lot of our uh, outlook on life even beyond there. I think it was a, a habit that then influenced the rest of our life. I know it did for me. Yeah, well, and I think the other thing that's important to note from the verses that we read, you mentioned there uh, a few imperatives in there, the the rejoice, which we're kind of grabbing as gratitude mm-hmm. or thankfulness, but that that concept, that word, uh, imperatives, uh, command. So Paul's going, you know, do this or uh, you know, this is what you you ought to do. I'm telling you, this is this is what you got to do, and it's also uh, their their second person plural, which uh, I have to go you back. You might have and to do break that down for some of us. Blame. Digging, but no, it means uh, it's it's you know I'm talking to a group. Somebody's talking to you. You know, people, not you singular. You will, but but you. So when you're with your staff team and you're doing this, you're really embodying the the heart behind the command because I think there's an idea here that rejoicing and being thankful with others is part of this, not just you by yourself, uh, although that's good, but when we're thankful with others, uh, I think there's even more, uh, there's just more power. It's, it helps our perspective. Uh, apparently, because that's what God's telling us to do. Yeah, I think he's telling us uh, that because it's true. I mean, I think even when we would go running on Thanksgiving morning with some of my friends, when I would begin to share things for which I'm grateful, it would stir up in them similar feelings uh, in life for things for which they're grateful that they maybe hadn't thought of before. And so it then begins this kind of snowball effect of gratitude, which is a really healthy and beautiful way to live your life versus one that's you know, maybe focusing on things that are 
you know, harder or a, a little darker or, you know, whatever's out there on social media at the time that wants to drag you under. Yeah. It, and there's no shortage of negativity out there to focus on, but we want to focus on positive. Now, uh, you've been through some difficult situations in your life and with your family, and this is not a academic exercise that we're sitting here talking about this text and and the things that we're talking about you you've had to live it i know many people listening uh, have had to live through things that are that are hard none of us uh, get through life where it's just super easy um, storms come and so can you talk a little bit about how you implemented this or what you learned about gratitude going through something difficult in your life yeah implemented i don't know that i got there for a while but uh when I was uh, growing up, my family loved to ride horses. Uh, we were all together. It was uh, 1992, and uh, we were up in the mountains riding, and my mom was getting on a horse, um, and the horse got uh, kind of tangled up and confused and reared back, tripped over its own feet, and she uh, fell off and hit the ground, and the horse landed on top of her, and uh, we were all watching, and uh, you could tell immediately that the lights went out. She went into a coma, uh, and it was pretty crazy, pretty hairy from there. Um, she got flown out by a helicopter to the hospital and a lot of great doctors and nurses that took care of her. My dad took phenomenal care of her. Um, but in that, uh, those few days, uh, it was really intense. While she was in a coma, questions about whether she was going to live and what would life be like. And so for me, it was a lot of looking in. And it's really when my relationship with the Lord began in earnest because I began to talk to him a lot in those hours and those days. But out of that, uh, she made a full, beautiful, miraculous recovery and for me, her life ever since then has really just felt like gratitude. Uh, I'm just grateful she's here. I'm, I'm grateful we got to, to keep her around. And uh, she's had a few things that are not the same as they were before the accident. And we could focus on those and be really sad about those. And they're hard, and that's a reality. But I have thought, I, I'm just grateful she's here. I'm mm -hmm. grateful that she got to be a part of uh, my life. I'm grateful that she got to see her grandkids, all these things. And you could choose to focus on all the hard, all the negative, uh, but instead it's a choice. Uh, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, as a teenager, my mom would say, you know, attitude is 90% of life, which that number was always changing depending on how bad my attitude was. <laughs> I think it started as like 50% of life, but in my teenage years, it got up to like 99% of life. Yeah. But it's one of those things that your parents say that you don't want to believe. And later in life, you realize it's really true. Like your attitude and how you choose to approach things affects so much of your everyday life. And so the beautiful thing, the way God made us, I think he knew this. And so he is telling us, if you choose to be grateful, it can change the way you see the world around you and it can help you see more of him and more of him at work around you, uh, which is really beautiful. And it's all ultimately, like you said, it's a gift from him because of Jesus and what he did for us and the life he allows us to live. Yeah. And so there's a sense in which in your situation illustrated that being, being thankful or rejoicing, whatever word you want to use, yeah doesn't mean you're pretending like bad things are okay. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. It's more of acknowledging all the bad things that are out there for what they are and saying there, there's still so much for which to be grateful in the midst of it. And 
yeah, you're not sticking your head into a, into the ground like an ostrich and pretending nothing's there, uh, and the world is not hard and full of pain, but kind of the opposite. You're calling it for what it is and and labeling it and identifying it, and then still saying, you know, God, you have given so much for which we should be grateful. Yeah, and that's what you see here in the whole book of Philippians, which we don't have time to go through. But if you read it, and I would encourage you, if you hadn't read it recently. It's a good it's, one. It's four chapters. I bet you could read it in 20 minutes. But Paul speaks very plainly and openly about the situation he's in and some things that are going on. And it's not all roses and unicorns and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yet in the midst of recognizing what's really going on and the difficulty of of things he was going through, uh, yet he still has this 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 attitude of rejoicing, right? But not just for the sake of of just rejoicing and being happy and pretending, but based on what Jesus has done for him, and he's encouraging those who are are reading it to have the same attitude. So, I wanted to wrap up by by asking this: <clears throat> There might be somebody listening who's checking out Jesus. And, and I think we would want them to know the point of this episode is not, I just try to be more thankful. That's, right. that's a good thing, but be thankful because of what he did and because of what he's given to you. And, and that's something that each of us has to accept and has to receive. And so if somebody's listening and they're checking into Jesus and they're going, okay, what is it? What did he do? How do I have that? What would you tell them? Yeah, there's this other great verse, uh, Paul, the same guy actually wrote it at different times in the book of Romans, but it says that uh, God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so all of this talk about gratitude is because there's a God who loves us enough that in our sinfulness, kind of in our turning from God, he sent his son uh, to take what we deserve so that we could have life with him. Uh, And it's while we didn't deserve it. It wasn't you know, we can't earn it. You can't just perform your way into it. You can't be good enough. It's just this gift. And so part of that is uh, stepping into it and uh, embracing the gift that God gives you that is uh, life with him. And that's just a decision you make to receive that, to believe, to trust that he really did die for your sins, raised from the dead, so that you could be connected to God forever and have life with him forever. And so the more you understand about the depth of what that means, which Paul goes into in Philippians, but the whole Bible is about this story, everybody. I mean, that's the whole story of the Bible. Um, The more thankful you'll become. And I think that's what God wants. So, Will, thank you so much for being my guest. This was a great episode. Very fun to talk through. Great to be with you. And I want to thank everyone. Speaking of being thankful, thank you for listening to the Search Podcast. If you've enjoyed uh, what we're doing here, please go give us a rating or a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next time, thanks for listening. 